0: Welcome back. You are listening to That One Sports Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Mitch Wilson. He is Chris Hell. Please don't forget to like and subscribe to us on anywhere you get your podcast on any platform. Also, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Chris, my guy, what do we got today, man?
1: Well, you know, you know, we got to start off with the NBA playoffs and recap what is going down in the conference finals. Eastern and Western. We're definitely going to spend a little bit of time on how LeBron is down 3-0. I picked the Lakers to win in seven. We'll see if they can start chipping away tonight to get back to that point. I know, Mitch, you had the Denver Nuggets in seven. So if they win tonight, we were both wrong. That makes me feel <laughs> a little bit better. We also got our main man, Zane Wilson, on the show tonight what up? A local KC athlete that we're going to talk about all things sports, hit on some important topics, what it's like growing up, being an athlete, pleasure to have Zane on. Mitch, NBA playoffs, you called me two days ago and said you had a hot take. Let's go right into it, my man. What's up with the NBA playoffs?
0: Okay, a lot of people are not going to like this. But this is how I feel. And so I'm just going to say it. I felt this way when it went down. I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. But this is, I just got to get it off my chest. Okay? And oh, I know you are not going to like this. Hit here you, it goes. Bro, hit okay, me. Jokic did not win the MVP because flat out he's a white dude. Plain and simple. Okay? This is why I think that. You have a predominantly black league And if Joker would have won his third MVP in a row, then you have to start to say, you have to compare him to Shaq. You have to compare him to... Because that's something that none of those guys have done. And in a predominantly black league, I think it would be hard for a lot of people to admit that Joker could possibly be one of the best sinners of all time. Okay? And he is proving... My point in case right now, Joel Embiid. Yes, this is a team game. Joel Embiid. What did he do in Game 7? Um, he was very pedestrian in Game 7. But it's, and we not, know,
1: it's not a postseason award. I,
0: no, I agree. I completely agree. But here's the thing. is Joker was hot all year. Dude averaged a triple-double all year. And then he's doing the same thing in the playoffs. I'm telling you, Jokic is that dude. He is the best center in the league right now. He is probably, not probably, he is the MVP on the best team in the Western Conference. And I'm telling you, I know they're playing right now and LA's up, but, dude, Denver's up 3-0. Well, well let
1: me just put some a pail of water on your hot take here a little bit. This is why I don't like MVPs, my man, because it's a voted-on award. And you can say, oh, it's because he's white or whatever. I don't agree with that. And the reason why I don't is I think it's MVP fatigue. I'm not a LeBron James fan. I'm not. But LeBron James should should have more MVPs than he does. Michael Jordan should have more MVPs than he does. It's just you get tired of voting for the same people. So it's kind of like wanting a different taste, right? Taste in your mouth. You need something new. The reason why I'm not going to say it's about race, how come Steve Nash won over Kobe Bryant two years in a row? Steve, because Nash, he, Steve Nash is white, and he had no business winning it in 05. Why not? Why Kobe, not? Kobe was averaging 36 points a game, seven rebounds, five assists. He was the NBA's best player, not the Canadian long-haired white boy.
0: Okay, okay, but okay. let me ask you this, though. When you talk about
1: you can ask me, it ain't gonna change how I feel.
0: (laughs) Okay, but when you talk about the greatest players of all time,
1: you definitely don't say Steve Nash, my brother.
0: Exactly. But you talk about Kobe, right?
1: Because Because he
0: is that dude. He is he is that dude. But what I'm saying is this: is that with wow, (laughs) wow, (laughs) wow. Thanks, babe. That was yes, ma'am. Okay, thanks, baby, for making your first appearance on that One Sports podcast. But, um, oh, no, but what I'm saying is is the reason why I think it was because of, of him being white is because in the political climate that we have today, it is very, unfortunately, I don't like it. It's very, it's very race-bait type of stuff because you had, you had who, Kendrick Perkins saying what he said on national television on first take. You know, and it's just like, man, I'll tell you what, man, Jokic is that dude. I don't care what no one says. He should have won the MVP. And that's just how I personally feel about it. He is that dude. And I tell you what, if he ends up winning another MVP or two before he's done, like you're gonna you have you're gonna have to talk about him, especially if they go and finish off the Lakers and they win a championship. So not only does he have a championship, but he'll have, you know, possible he's got two right now. If he has three or four MVPs plus a championship, he's going to he's gonna be one of the all, all-time best players ever.
1: Nah, nah. Maybe maybe at the center position, but not ever, man. You, you, no, no,
0: no okay, no. okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I meant... You
1: got to slow Oh,
0: man. At the center or something. At the center position, he will be one if he wants to chip and he's got and he's got three, four MVPs, he's gonna be one of the arguably one of the best centers ever. I'm not saying he's the best. I'm not saying I take him over Shaq, but he's definitely in that top five discussion. Yeah. In bro. my opinion. Hey, he would be. I love you, bro. But
1: I'm gonna tell you right now, and I'm gonna keep it real. I really do believe you are a prisoner of the moment right now. Joker is a stud. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying he isn't, but I think you a little bit in your feelings right now over Nikola Jokic. I
0: it, it might be. i it, 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 it might be. It might be because my mom, I don't know what it is. Because
1: I'll tell say. you what, you better hope the Lakers don't win tonight and then win in Denver. Because if they win tonight and go win in Denver in game five and it's 3-2, and the Denver Nuggets are known as a choke artist team, bro, we might be sitting here Next week, talking about the Lakers coming back from 3-0. And I ain't even a LeBron fan. I'm just saying, right. the La- the Nuggets better close it tonight and definitely better close it at home. Because if they go no. 3-2 and they go back to L.A. for 6 and then have to go back and have that pressure on them in Game 7, bro, ooh, you want to talk about some pressure.
0: And I agree. Uh, I, I think that... The Lakers win tonight because they're at home. I mean, it's really hard to beat a team four times in a row, especially when they have LeBron and AD. But I think the Lakers win tonight, which they are up right now. Last time I checked, they were up 10 with about nine minutes left in the second quarter. I think they, the Lakers will win tonight, but I think Denver okay. closes it out in Denver.
1: Okay. okay. Well, I got a question for our guest here. I got to bring him in on this convo right now. All right. All right. So I am a firm believer, in my opinion, there are four players who, if you say is your GOAT, I will never argue with you. I'll say, hey, those are four players. They're all deserving to be in the GOAT conversation. Now, we're not going to rag you or nothing. We want your honest opinion. Who is your GOAT ambassador? LeBron. LeBron. And what year were you born, just so our uh, <laughs> just so our viewers know <laughs> what you were
2: born. Yeah, I'm, I'm a 01 baby.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Oh, that makes sense. So that makes that, sense. So uh, that makes a lot of sense. This is my argument. If you were to tell me LeBron, Jordan, Wilt, or um, Kareem, I will never argue with you because it's not going to make sense to argue with the Jordan fan. It doesn't make sense to argue with a LeBron fan. It doesn't make sense to argue with a Wilt or a Kareem fan. If you got one of those four people in your GOAT, I think you truly have an argument. Then there's about five players that I think you can make an argument for, but you'd have to make a pretty tough argument. And that would be like Kobe, Larry Bird, Shaq. You get players like that that you're like, yeah, Steph Curry, I think's in that five. Where you could say, I could argue that he's the best, so I'm not shocked that that LBJ is yours. Most younger people, and that's not uh, like a, a knock. You you truly think your goat is who you grew up with? The, the majority right. of people you grew yeah. up and watched is, is who's going to be is who's going to be your goat.
0: Hold on, so I also have a question for Zane. So Zane, have you ever watched Michael Jordan highlights? I've seen a few here and there. Okay.
1: Uh, more importantly, have you ever put on the man's shoes?
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I could definitely say I got more uh, more Jordans than I do LeBrons. Yeah, because
1: whoever's designing Lebron shoes at Nike, they need some help. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ain't nobody going to be rocking no LBJs just out. But I'll tell you what, them Js, man. Woo! Different. They fresh, yeah. boy.
0: They hit different. Exactly. You even
1: feel different. You could have a dollar fifty in your bank account, and if you had on a fresh pair of J ones walking down the street, oh, nobody can different. tell you nothing, bro. <laughs> nobody can tell <laughs> Those you. Those are you a big nothing.
2: steppers, right there.
1: Those are big lemon pepper steppers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: and J- hey, and, and just make sure when you walk, you ain't crease them. You gotta walk a certain type mm-hmm. of way. Now,
1: now hold on. So. Now it, it depends on the shoe because the J ones look good, a little beat up, right. But like your Jordan 11s when they got that tuxedo and it starts mm. making that squeak, that just jack everything up. So you got to keep them flat, my man. Got to keep right. them
0: flat. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, sir, yes sir. So, yeah, so we've been talking about the uh Western Conference finals with the Lakers and Nuggets. Uh Christopher, you have any more thoughts on you have any more thoughts on 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 that series? No,
1: there's nothing really to talk about the East series. <laughs> <laughs> the Celtics
0: are <clears throat> Kind of shooting down their leg there, yeah. I mean, I tell you what, because you actually you picked, just uh, we don't both picked pick, five. Yeah, yeah, we both picked Boston. I feel like you know an idiot because dude, Jimmy Butler just absolutely has taken over that series. It's almost like he said, "Guys, get on my back," because if you remember, that was the same matchup last year in the Eastern Conference Finals, and there was a clip of Jim, Jimmy Butler after the game saying we didn't he essentially said um we messed up we will be back here again next year and when we're back here again we're going to take care of business and that ex- is exactly what that man is doing he is taking over mr jimmy Bucket. he's on fire bro he's absolutely on fire
1: he is he, he's he's having a historic playoff run and you know, I would say if they win that they're probably gonna lose in the finals, but I don't even know what to say anymore about Miami. Right right?
0: I know and, and I think I would that love the, to say,
1: oh yeah, they'll go get crushed by Denver, they'll get crushed by LA, but I dude, I don't even know.
0: Well, and and the crazy thing is, is like, dude, before game one started, in my opinion, Jason Tatum is the best player in the series. Where's that dude been at? Like Jimmy Butler, I mean, like don't get me wrong. I would have said Jimmy Jimmy Butler's probably the second or third best guy in the series because I really like me some Jalen Brown. But man, it it was like it was like Jimmy Butler just hit a switch and he's just like, get on my back. We about to do this thing. So, you ain't lying.
1: You ain't which
0: lying. which 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 is kind of disappointing because do game three, it was almost like you saw Boston just give up, bro. Just legit give up, flat out. So, give up. so sad so sad all right all right so now yes sir before we move on any more thoughts on the NBA playoffs be- before we get into this interview no
1: no nothing from me let's uh let's interrogate Zane a little bit
0: I tell you what man it's so crazy I was actually more more nervous about asking Zane to be on the podcast than I was Tim he'll probably actually be the most nervous I will be the most desperate to ask him to anybody else. I don't care if I ask some famous person because, you know, if they say no, whatever, you know. So because for the viewers who don't know, Zane Wilson, Zane is my son, you know. And so for for him to to come on the podcast is really cool. So if your family tells you no, especially your son, like that's kind of like a dagger in the heart. The stranger to tell you no is whatever. So I am super excited. Um, for those who don't know, Zane, like I said, high school athlete, former All-State pitcher, uh, played at the collegiate level for a year, so we are about to get into this and to him growing up, and uh, hopefully uh, have some have a really good time doing it. So, so I'll start this off, and my first question to Zane is: Zane, is what were the first sports that you started playing <laughs> growing up? Growing
2: up, I was a big uh, basketball, surprisingly soccer. Um, baseball and football kind of kid.
0: Soccer, yeah, yeah.
1: No, dude, I was, I was You crazy. dodged was a funny. bullet there, buddy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, dude! Come on, now, dude. I tell you what, Zane, mm-hmm. when he started playing soccer at th- it was three or four. Uh, I he, he yeah, three. He played at he put over WMLS, and his first coach, I kid you not, was a former Olympic soccer player for the Nigerian Olympic team. And this dude was so intense. If your kid was late to practice, you ran with your kid at practice. Like that's how.
1: Yeah. Like he would get me to run. I'd be like, yeah.
0: Yeah, You wouldn't know what. And and then your son would have not been on the team. He was very. And I'd have said, um, good.
1: He ain't playing. (laughs)
0: That's a great thing for us in the (laughs) hell house. Right. 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 So, hey, so Zane so playing soccer growing up, do you think that really helped you um, in your other sports with like your footwork for basketball and baseball and things like that?
2: Um, all in all, for sure. Like soccer for kids, there's really no strategy to it. It's just a big pile <laughs> and, and you kind of just kick the ball and run. But, <laughs> but developing me as as a, you know, a player for, for my other sports with my agility, I'd say, yeah, it definitely helped so what was your,
1: what was your favorite sport then when when you were little? So you played all these sports. What Um, was your favorite sport? And then mm, when did it switch? Has it always been the same sport or what started your favorite sport?
2: My favorite sport growing up, um, would definitely be football. My dad was, was my flag football coach for Lord knows how long. And, uh, I feel like it got to a point where I was known throughout the Springs for being, you know, one of the best flag football kids, you know, in, <laughs> in, in the city. You just give the ball to me, and, and I'm off. And because um, I was, as a kid, when I was a little bit thinner, you know, um, I was I was one of the faster kids. So scoring touchdown after touchdown, it it, it was nice. It was fun. And did
1: yeah, football. Was did it stay made me, your favorite. It made me or love
2: no? it. Yeah, baseball. Yeah, switched so, to being, switched to my favorite. I don't know what age though cuz I think I started baseball around maybe 10. I think it's 11. Nine.
0: Yeah. Hey, you, know, you know, ironically, baseball was actually the last sport that he started playing. Yeah. So You know, but, they
1: say hey, they say that's really common if you ask most people. Um so I was even like that. I actually liked baseball way more than football. And then when I hit about 9 years old, I started to really love football, and it's just interesting. I I don't think a lot of kids, and that's why we asked you this. I don't think a lot of athletes would say their favorite sport when they were little is still their favorite sport. I think when you get older, you have a tendency to kind of to flip.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what. Zaynah wasn't lying. He, uh, I remember one season. I can't remember which flag football season it was, and I, I couldn't. I can't remember how many games we played. And I I don't know why I, I have remembered this stat, but for some reason I have. Um, when he was like seven or eight, one flag football season he had seventeen catches and fifteen touchdowns. I mean, just, just get, absolutely just, me just. I mean, that's what it was. Yeah, just and put so, the ball
2: in my hands and I'm scoring.
0: So that was really fun. So Zane, what since I since I did coach you, what was uh, what was that experience like, you know, because it wasn't just um, like football it was also baseball. So ha- ha- how right. do you feel that experience was for you?
2: Um, and
0: be honest, too.
2: I know a lot of people that um, have gone through this situation can uh, can feel like they got some type of treatment of some sort. You know, my dad's the coach. I can kind of do what I want, goof off at practice. In my situation, I feel like it was completely different. The, the role was 100% switched. I feel like I had so much pressure and I had to perform at such a high level. But I feel like that made me a lot um, like a much better player because, you know, I wanted to make him happy. I wanted to perform well in all the practices, all the games. So having you as a coach, it definitely pushed me.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And, and from, from my perspective, uh, I, I will say that Zane was right. Like, if anything, I was probably hotter on him than I was anyone else is because from from my thought process is I wanted to make sure to push him to be the best that he could be. So then. If I knew that he was the best that he could be, he would be, if not the best, but one of the best players on my team. And I never wanted to put myself or him in a situation where I had a parent coming to me and saying, why is why is your kid starting over my kid? Because as a coach for to me like that would be like my worst fear. So. I'm so glad that, you know, I pushed him how I did and then he performed because then, you know, the years I did coach him, there is no question as to why he was, you know, on on the baseball team, why he was starting at second base and hitting in the two hole is because he was, he was good enough to, and there were, and there was no question. So
1: let me ask you a question then, because this is a very common, uh, really a, a good topic to debate on, right? So when did you stop coaching Zane and did you coach him in every sport?
0: Oh, gosh. Now I think about it. I think I did. Um, I did not coach him in WMSL, um, but then he played WMSL for a few years. But then um, when soccer started not to become as important to him, he kind of switched to um, park and rec soccer. So I did I did coach him in soccer. I did coach him in basketball. I did coach him. In, yeah, I, I actually did coach him in, in every sport. Um, it was fun just because you know i felt like i had the knowledge to, to do so and it was just uh an opportunity for me just to spend more time with him but i also thought it was important to have him coached so i stopped coaching him at the age of i believe if it was 12 i believe it was 12 because he played he played competitive baseball for the uh a, a couple tigers team and then he played competitive baseball for his for his high school coach before he got into high school on on that AAA major team. And so I did coach him, but I also thought I was glad that I stopped when I did because I wanted him to have at least a few different coaches before high school so he could have that experience of not having me as his coach.
1: Yeah, and, and so that's what I, I bring that up for. Right now I'm right in the thick of it. My son's 10, and I am not his head coach in football. Uh, for reasons that I don't think every kid takes to their dad being a coach sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's important for dads that listen out there. Sometimes dad coach because they want their kids to play. Sometimes dads coach because they're very knowledgeable. Dads coach for a plethora of reasons, right? I think it's important to know your kid and to realize, is, uh, is your child really getting the best that he can get from a coaching perspective from me? Or is it better for me to lay off? And for me in my life with my son, I noticed that Marcus had a lot of pressure when I was the coach and not even to perform. It was almost like anxiety where he felt like I was getting on him or I don't think he liked that. I already get on him at home, right? For, for everything else. So I think it was his escape to be like, hey, I don't want to hear my dad also be telling me to run the football the right way or telling me to swing the bat the right way. So I now, other than football being an assistant coach, I don't coach Marcus in anything. I don't coach him in basketball. I don't coach him in baseball. uh, But for him, it worked. So I think it's important for dads that listen to this or moms or anyone that has athletes as a kid. Do what best fits your child, your schedule, um, because that's important to find that balance between you and your child. Because you definitely don't want it to become... A negative situation where your child doesn't like you or he just thinks, oh, Mm -hmm. man, he's always on my butt. You know, he's always doing this. So that's a good thing. I I think you and Zane are one of the rare ones where you got to coach him for a long time and it worked Mm -hmm. out well, both for a mental from the mental um, aspect, but also from his physical status from an athlete as well
0: right and and i'll i'll tell I'll tell you guys this and for those that are listening that are coaching if you are coaching your your children please also be realistic um i think that there's some parents that and i hate to say this but i'm going to say i think that there are some parents out there that think that their child is better than what they are and they just need to come to terms with with if they, if their kid's really good then that's great but like if they're not good then there are things that they have to work on to, to be better. And then if, if your child is not as good as you as they aspire to be, now that's important. If if your child is not as good as how they want to be, not how good you want them to be, because they're like if you push, 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 in my opinion, something bad's gonna happen. You know, I, I was lucky enough to where I think the reason why Zayn did so well is because one, he's just he's just an he's just physically get, got got given ability to be an athlete but also Zayn was the type of kid that we would go up to the baseball field when he was 10, 11, and I would hit him, you know, 100 ground balls. Or we would go up to the field and we'd get in the cage and he'd hit, off the, he'd hit off the tee and we'd do soft toss and stuff like that. And so it's just people that are coaching their kids, and even if you're not coaching your kids, your kids are in sports, be realistic as to where they're at from from a physical standpoint and – just understand that if they need to get better, you can help them do that. Absolutely. And but listen as-
1: to other people, man. Like if, if, yes. you're, yeah. if you're the only one that thinks your kid is good, <laughs> there's probably a reality pill that, <laughs> that they're not. But if you're humble and there's multiple people that come up to you after a football game or whatever, and they're like, hey, man, your, your kid is pretty good. Like You know that there are people that have a different lens than you and see your kid from a different lens. And if they're telling you that that they're good, then you know there's probably some credence to that. But if you're the only one that you ever hear say, hey, he's really good. Hey, you're really good. You you might want to push on the brakes a little bit because that might just be the way you see your daughter or
0: son. Right, for sure.
1: So, Zane. Now talking about baseball and you you already mentioned this already. You said that baseball was the last sport that you kind of took to and mm-hmm. ended up becoming your favorite. Why do you think baseball was the last sport that you started to really play at a young age?
2: To be honest, I just fell in love with the grind for baseball and and like the art of the game. Like it's such a beautiful game when you really break it down. And I found I found myself really wanting to excel in that sport specifically. And, um, you know, go, like my dad said, going on the field with him spending quality time with him was always a great time. I do remember uh, pops. You remember that one instance uh, when I had braces and you hit me, that pop fly it smacked me straight in my mouth. <laughs> 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 that was the uh, only time it wasn't good. But besides that, every other time it was great.
0: Dude. And, and I'll tell you a little backstory of that is so and it was like one of the last fly balls because we were on a field that um, obviously we didn't have lights because it was just us. And it was like one of the last fly balls I hit to him because we were about to be wrapping up. And I still – I just – because he I, he can catch pop flies in his sleep. Yeah, bro, and I don't he, know what happened. He just somehow just misjudged it. And he was right underneath it. It just came out, boom, right in his so, – and this is a Friday night because we were out there because he had a tournament the next day. And he goes into that tournament, and ironically, with a busted up lip looking like I just hit him in his mouth, he ended up – I want to say it was the – I
2: won two MVPs of that tournament. He won
0: two MVPs the next day um, because he had two tournament games, and um, the opposing coaches had to pick a player from the opposing team who they thought thought was the team's MVP. And in both of those games, he got MVP. So I'm not going to lie. There was a small part of me in the back of my mind was like – Hey, maybe next term, he's got maybe Friday night when you got to take some fly balls and maybe maybe bust that lip open again. Oh, maybe, maybe the coach just
2: felt bad for me and like the deranged looking kid in right field.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so you, you kind of
1: already answered the second question too. You said you like the grind, right? Mm-hmm. Now this is going to be more of a kind of a hot hot button question and it's not on the list, but just curious because again, not everyone can see us on this podcast. Do you think that you felt or ran into any racism being African-American and playing such a predominantly white game?
2: I wouldn't say I felt it very heavily. There were always jokes like all throughout high school, my nickname on the baseball team was white. Every like every person <laughs> would just call me white because I was like the whitest brown kid they know. Um, <laughs> you yeah. might have been you know... the
1: only brown kid, they know. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Especially coming <laughs> through the springs, but it was uh, it was always white, or it, it, they'd call me Jackie. Like it's just jokes like that. It was never it was like never is it Jackie
1: crazy. Robinson? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: So, oh, yeah. Uh, they definitely
1: knew you because they wouldn't be shouting <laughs> that out to any other brother. Exactly.
2: <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was nothing too serious. Um, just jokes here and there like that. But I, it was all love. Like do, It was all fun. Do you
1: think, though, that in baseball, so what I've noticed, and not just with my son, but in general, just overall, I think where sports can be racist or prejudiced is in a position. So did you ever see, because you are African-American, and we all know the joke with African-American, you're fast, right? It's like, hey yep. – yeah, you're going to play center field forget shortstop or set you're playing you know. <laughs> center field or left field so did you ever see that like where there was maybe a position that you liked but because of the color of your skin they were like no nah, we need to try you out at uh try you in the outfield." so
2: so it's, it's actually pretty funny um growing <laughs> up growing up i was always the heavier kid not that fast, so the roles kind of reversed. I was the ch- the chunky brown kid, but um, I don't know if Pops remembers this, but I played for um, my buddy Jackson Crease and his brother ended up coaching a team. Um, and they stuck me out in center field, and we would always joke that I was in center because I was the brown kid and I'm supposed to be fast. But I I remember a specific instance Um, growing up. I didn't have the best vision and I hadn't had glasses or contacts yet. So I'm sitting in center field. It's a nighttime game. (laughs) And I'm squinting my eyes real hard to, to try and see where this, where this pitch is going, where this ball is going. I remember, I remember hearing it getting hit off the bat and I take like I'm taking off dead sprint going to my left. And then everyone's like screaming like, no, no, no. And I look back and it's going to the right center gap. So I'm (laughs) running the complete wrong way. (laughs) And some dude had to pick up my slack, but it's not like I was moving anyways. Cause like I said, I was slow, but I just thought that was funny. And, uh, so yeah, they'd stick me in center field on that team. But, um, at the time I was more of an infielder, more of a shortstop or third baseman. I would have much rather preferred that, but and I'm not going to say I was in center field because I was brown or because they were racist or anything like that. It's just no. I, I just couldn't really tell you why well, I was out there.
1: No, but but you know that that does exist in sports. I mean, I was an athlete mm-hmm. and I am very Caucasian. Um, I am like alabaster skin <laughs> with like a red beard. Uh, and and I'll tell you when I would show up to camp for football, the very first thing they thought I played was quarterback. It was like you're wow. you're your quarterback, and then I'd be like, no, I'm actually wide receiver, and they'd be like, uh, no. I think you're a little bit off the spectrum with shades there, buddy. To be a wide receiver, like you know, you see that, and even though it, it's joking, which is all in, it's all in good jest. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't know if, if as you were growing and and as you went far in your endeavors, did people pigeonhole you as, hey, this is kind of what you look like, and it, it's the first thing because it is interesting that, like in the MLB, think about it, how many African American catchers do you see?
2: Oh, compared compared to Caucasian catchers, it's or, ridiculous. Well, let,
1: let's even go past Caucasian, probably like <clears throat> Cuban catchers.
2: Oh, it's ridiculous. That,
1: it's, it, it's crazy. And, and you wonder sometimes, like, is it really just the way they grow up or or what is it? Because you're telling me that an African-American couldn't have been a catcher? Like, where where did that go and how do those positions kind of get some of those stereotypes? So that's why yeah. I wanted to ask you. Growing up, if you ever were pigeonholed like that,
2: for me, I, I wouldn't really say it was. No, nah, it wasn't that deep. Like, and I mean, it could have been like there could be a, a kid who looked exactly like me and was built exactly like me that could be in a whole different situation. But, but, but for me, it was just no. Nah, like, if this is where you're comfortable, where you feel suited, then play here. Like, there wasn't really any That's type awesome. of a heavy stereotype like that. And I'm very grateful to uh, to have gone through it like that.
0: Sweet, yeah. Yeah, and and I'll tell you another thing is I feel like I think the reason why maybe you don't see and this is just my opinion I think the reason why you don't see a lot of African Americans in the major leagues is because baseball, especially once you get become older, or even when you're young, is a very expensive sport.
1: Oh, so what? Black people ain't yeah. got money now, Mitch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that if you take the average African American family, I think it would be. It would be harder for them to have a child play in a in a on a team like competitively because it's just so expensive. Well, and and, that's what, and
1: part of that is because they really don't. Baseball is not what it used to be. Baseball is now a social club, and to be that social club, your parents typically have a fluency. Right when we were growing up, it didn't matter where you were; everyone had a baseball field. Everyone, right? Did. I, I don't care if you're inner city, whatever, and when you and I were growing up, Mitch, you didn't have this crazy $5,000 expense to play baseball. Right. Even even the best athletes got to play and you didn't go play at the best fields. I mean, look at these fields now, Cat Fed, Creekside, uh, right. Blue Valley Sports Complex. Th- right. Those are millions of dollars pumped in to those oh, yeah. stadium and it doesn't make your kid any better. It's just something that I think we've taken completely out of the inner cities. To where now baseball isn't even an option. It's like, so why would they right. play it? It's like basketball mm-hmm. and football is kind of where they, where they find their,
0: right, their athletic right. ability. Right. So, so Zane, what would you say would be if you have a favor a favorite sports memory uh, before high school?
2: Um, you know, I was actually thinking about this earlier today, and surprisingly, it's not with baseball. Um. Pops might know the details a little bit better than me, but it was a basketball tournament in middle school. Um, And I don't even remember the team we were playing or where we were at. The only thing I remember is down by two, 1.1 seconds left on the clock.
0: Oh, yes. They passed it to
2: me in the corner in a fade. I felt like Kobe hitting that. I'm not going to lie. I had two defenders in my face. Nothing you can do about it. Nothing but net. Straight water. That was easily be the best memory before high school, without a doubt.
0: Yeah, that was uh, that was your eighth grade year. Um, that was a be- basketball tournament you guys were playing in, and it was so. I actually have that on video. I actually have yeah. that on video. Yeah, so. no, that's a, it's a good. Video. Um, it's so crazy because, like Zane said, down there's only like a like one point, whatever seconds left on the clock, and you can see in the video that like the coach is like. He told the I think I can't I think it may have been Parker inbounded and you could tell he was telling Zane, hey, he was telling all the kids, hey, you get underneath it. hey, you set this pick for Zane Zayn, hey, you need to come right here and shoot this ball. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, you just you see Zane come to the corner and then he lets it go and it's just nothing but now, And I will say, um, the favorite part of that video for me is the first one was seeing Zane's reaction hitting the shot. And seeing the team like just go nuts, but then also like seeing the crowd just going absolutely bonkers.
2: Yeah, people there that weren't even for our game, they're, they're getting ready to watch the game after us. We're, we're celebrating too, which I thought was, was really funny.
1: So you, how, how important do you think that is to have those memories? Because, you know, eventually the kids game gets told to all of us that we can't play anymore. Mm -hmm. Whether we end it in high school, we end it in college, we end it in professional ranks. And now when I talk to my buddies like Mitch and some of the guys I played football with, no one really remembers your stats, right? Like no one really remembers like, oh, dude, you were a beast or you were this and that. It's those little memories of like you're talking about right now. So how important is it for these parents listening to this podcast or high school kids listening to this podcast? How important is it, Zane, to make those memories for a young athlete
2: i would say it's it's insanely important like and i'm i'm very fortunate and lucky to have a father that would that would come to my games and record things like that so we could always go back to it so like if you're able to record those moments and and savor them for the future i, w- I would definitely say do so um because you know ne- you, you'll never live those down i don't care how old you get you'll never live those down like just thinking about it talking about it puts a smile on my face I'd say that it's vital, honestly.
1: It's awesome. That is awesome.
0: Yeah.
2: What's, uh, sorry, just, uh, go ahead. What's really funny about, about this, uh, where that memory is, I remember Mm -hmm. the next day at practice to finish things up, coach Hale was his name. He was like, all right, everyone on the team line up right over here. We're like, oh my gosh, we're about to run, man, for, to finish our practice. I'm not trying to do this cardio right now. And he goes, (laughs) he goes, everyone get in line. And we're all gonna try and recreate the shot that Zane hit yesterday in our game, <laughs> and he had me go first. And I remember he standing on the sideline. He passes it into me. You have to catch it and do the fade and all like it's got to be off balance and everything. And just me first, flat out air ball. I, I remember. <laughs> I remember nobody, nobody on the team made that shot that day. It was it was hilarious.
1: Hey, but you made it when it counted, my man. That's all, <laughs> right. that, that's all that matters. When it, really, when it
2: really mattered. When it really right. mattered.
0: Right, so so now Zane jumping into high school, you know you you played at so in in the state of Missouri, which we're in, um, when Zane played there were five classes. Now there's six, but when Zane played, uh, there were five classes, and and the high school that he played for was a like class four school. And so Zane, uh, for the people who don't know, you know your your junior year, you guys had a lot of fun. So that fun. was that that was the year that you guys went to state. So what like when in the season how early in the season or maybe even it was before you guys started playing like like when did you guys think or know that like you like you guys had a squad that could possibly go do something special
2: i mean it was just it was just one of those situations where my freshman year And and you see the guys that are a few grades above me in the squads that are are already being formed. Like you could just tell in in the years to come that we're going to have a a solid squad. We're going to have some dogs on this varsity squad in the next two or three years. It was just one of those instances. So my when my junior year came around um, and, you know, we're all playing varsity now. I have stellar seniors above me. I have some some sophomores below me that are coming up playing varsity like you. It was almost like you just knew. Like you just know something good is going to happen. Yeah,
1: and that, that, that's what's important when when you look at a high school team, especially in high school, not pro or you know college, because college changes because the recruiting aspect is such a such a wild card. But in high school, I always tell Marcus, don't ever just worry about your grade. Look at the grade below you and look mm-hmm. at the grade above you, because the best shot that you probably have of going far is typically your junior year with a good senior class.
2: Yeah. If
1: you're a good athlete as a junior and you can start varsity and you got a good senior class and you got a good sophomore class coming up, whatever the sport is, you're probably going to have a good two-year run at at something. Whether it's track, volleyball, I don't care what it is, but if you're relying just on a senior class, that doesn't that you kind of have that pressure of you got to get it done your senior year because if you don't you know, then it's all just for not. So I I think that's important.
2: That's what I'm saying, like my freshman year noticing it because you have three, four years with these guys. Like you build that chemistry. So like when you get into those later years, like there's just it's gonna be a rude awakening for everyone else. Not much you can do about it.
0: Yeah, is Zane like and the reason why they were so good is Zane was really fortunate for himself and like those kids that he was talking about the common denominator that they all had in common is they were all playing baseball at a high level at a young age by, by 12 and 13 years old, they were playing triple a major in, you know, in the summer. So Zane's. So a lot of those kids like freshman year, like, you know, they, they were seeing like during high school, they were seeing better competition for the most part in the summer than they were even seeing during high school.
1: And, well, and, 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 and that's where baseball's won. Where you play in the summer is going to dictate how good Liberty North right now is, is a powerhouse, right? Like they have a yeah. junior mm-hmm. who's in the top 10 ESPN 100, and he's a shortstop, and he's a stud. His name's Trey Snyder. And they have. Tate McGuire, who's a senior, that's awesome. They all play club baseball. And they played at a very high level young, like like, like Zane's crew did. That matters in baseball, right? That mm-hmm. matters in basketball, too, because at AAU. Football's yep. a little different because football really does matter where you're playing at in high school because there really are no club's team for football. You got that seven-on-seven seven club stuff now, but that's only for skill positions. If you ain't got big boys up front, you better kiss your season goodbye. Because if you ain't got them road graders and big old hogs, yep, football ain't going to matter. But basketball and baseball is such a skill, position, skill set sport, the more that you get those kids to play outside of their high school season, it's just going to be that much better for you when you get into the season.
0: So, so Zane, speaking of that year in particular, I mean, you guys had, like I said, you guys had a squad. You guys made a lot of good memories. Um, so I know that year in the in the district championship game, l- let's just talk about those thoughts and feelings uh, of of you hitting the walk off in, in in the district championship.
2: That was uh, in Smithville, correct? Yep.
0: Yeah, against Richmond.
2: That was against Rich- Richmond, correct?
0: Yep, it was against Richmond.
2: If I'm going to be completely honest, I don't think it i don't think it should have came down to a walk-off um, yeah
0: well well uh, okay i say okay technically it was a walk-off but it was a walk-off to spread it was a
2: game. it was a spread walk-off yeah
0: it wasn't like a down by one it was a walk-off to to essentially end the game early
2: you were asking for my thoughts on it
0: <clears throat> yeah thoughts feelings about because because uh th- the situation was there were there was one out and we had guys on second and third and mm-hmm. they wa- they walked the guy ahead of Zane on purpose so they could keep the double play in order. So if they could turn the double play then you know the game keeps going. So
2: the the only thing I remember is after them walking the dude in front of me, because I was I was gonna be livid if he was the one that got the walk off <laughs> 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 of so the only like like I uh I remember them them walking him, and, and I was walking up to the plate, and i was looking to my left, and you already standing there with your phone up, ready to go, and and I was so antsy to get up there, and and the feeling after hitting it was, I I, I don't even think I could put it into words. Getting to getting around to first base, watching my buddy score, and throw the helmet up into the sky, and everyone's chasing me down down the baseline, coming to tackle me. It was just it's it's immaculate. It was insane.
1: So with all that athletic prowess and you playing and and the success that you had, looking back, you know, you, you were a recruited athlete. Um, You played some college baseball, if I'm Mm -hmm. correct. Right. Yeah. Would you change anything in your, in your athletic journey? Would you now looking back, would you have lifted weights more? Would you have, maybe played more football, would you have done cause now now the tapestry's written, right? Right. We're done. We all look back. Regret is part of life. What would you do different? If any, maybe maybe you're one of those people that hey, everything happens for a reason. But would you have done anything differently in your athletic journey?
2: You wanna know what's crazy is you hit it right on the head. Those are the like actually the two things I would have changed. I wish I would have taken the weights in the gym more seriously because that just translates it to into everything. your game. Yeah. It just, it just goes right into it. Like I remember, uh, I'll bring up his name again, Jackson Creason. He, uh, he was always lifting at, at his dad's barn or, or, or something like that. And, and he's out here hitting home runs, ripping his shirt off at home plate showing his his, his freaking chest hair. Like, um, so, I definitely wish I would have taken taken the gym um and and weights in general training more seriously and then um playing football man that's that's a iffy one for me because I remember going with my dad and watching one of the either like freshman games or, or middle school games and sitting up in the stands and i'm like i could I could take these kids give me the ball man give me the rock I could take these kids but but uh, I never really played. And then I, I, I played one year, my junior year in high school, and I was a receiver, but our offense was so run heavy. So, and, and yeah, like in order to do anything, I would have had to, to switch my position. But receiver was really really where I thrived. So that's just a tough one. Like I, I would have loved to play more football, but there just wasn't, wasn't a huge opportunity in, in the sport with how our offense was ran. But those are, are for sure the top two things.
1: Would, would you have played uh, college longer? So I know that you played one year. Mm-hmm. Is there any regrets in that? Maybe maybe you wish you would have played longer, maybe played a different position? Uh, um,
2: I, I for sure wish uh, the position one. Um, every time I had I had gone to a tryout for this college or um, you know talked to the coaches, They would always have me pitch and hit. They wanted to bring me on as either a pitcher or a DH of some sort. But when I had actually started playing, um, they threw me at first base, which was a little different. I could probably count on one hand the amount of times I played first base and, you know, growing up throughout little league, high school, all that. So so that was different. Um, But, I mean, it it was a good time. I do think, all in all, I made a – a good decision, you know, hanging up the cleats and and focusing on training more because that's where I found my love for the gym. Actually, because uh, I I had started to take a little more seriously in college, lifting weights with with a few guys on the team, and and I really found a love for that. So, you know, everything happens for a reason. It, it is what it is, but you know, I had a good time.
0: Nice. Now, I just want to go back to high school just for a minute because. The, the year that you guys went to state mm-hmm. um Z- and the uh, the format is, is after districts you 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 play two sectional games and then if you win both the the sectional games you make it to the final four okay Zayn closed out both of those it, both of those games on the mound so I just kind of wanted to get like your thoughts feelings first about the saint Joe Lafayette. Uh, that game you pitched the last two innings to shut to shut that game down so just uh, thoughts and feelings about that game because because i I know it's pretty intense
2: the the saint joe game man um for me with baseball and pitching the second i step on that mound i am the baddest man on the planet like being taught you know you know by blaze through lba like it was all a mental game, and I feel like my, my mental toughness, my mental fortitude was absolutely unmatched. Like, no one was going to beat me while I was pitching. That's how I went about it. So stepping up there against St. Joe, a bunch of big kids on that squad, it was a little intimidating, <laughs> some some massive guys. But, like, at the end of the day, like, I will fight tooth and nail. I will bleed. I will, I will cry for this. Like, you are not going to beat me. That was my mentality.
0: Awesome. And, and I will say I got to ask you about the – so and then we in the second round we played. Uh, you guys played the Pembroke mm-hmm. School, who that year the, their center fielder was committed to Michigan. That and, dude
2: was terrifying.
0: And then they had another kid on the team that was committed to a D, a really good D two school. And my next question is: Is the kid that was committed to the D two school took Zayn Yard? That nah, was when, they, dead, when they, dead center. It was dead center. And so I, from my perspective, I was just because that was the first time that that had ever happened to him, and especially for that to happen to him in that type of situation, I was really curious to see what, what, uh, how he was gonna come back after that. So, so to take me through your mental process after after that happens, and then your coach leaving you, and then you know go, go, going about the rest of that game. I am
2: not going to lie. Father, forgive me for my sins, but I did say a few curse words into my glove after he took <laughs> after he took me on. <laughs> um, I was not happy for that. Like, in that situation, that being the first time it's ever happened to me, I was livid because, like, for me, like I said, it was a mental game. Like, that's just something I don't do. Like, that doesn't happen to me. So to have it happen on that big of a stage, you know, it was definitely, um, it was a wake-up call. But... uh it was just, you know, it happened. I'm um, not gonna let it happen again. You know, I had to lock back in. I'm very thankful for Coach Holtz for leaving me into that so I could close it out. But, uh, but yeah, no, that was that was insane, man. It was it was a wind dated home run though. The wind so, picked that up for sure.
1: So, so <laughs> let me ask you a question.
2: <laughs> oh dude, dude, that ball was absolutely. It good. was not mashed, but I'll give it was you some dead credit because dead center, we got a tall. I mean,
0: so like to hit out of dead center, you're probably looking at three, three eighty, three ninety back then because they had the, uh, they had like the the batter's eye. So, Mm -hmm. so like the alleys were three fifty five, and the dead center they had this like almost like a mini green monster out there for uh, for what they call the batter's eye. So, but yeah, it was
1: so. I remember. Oh, go ahead. I got a question for you because I love hearing this from athletes. You you hear these other podcasts. And and it's really funny sometimes to talk about, you know, people that you played. Who is the best baseball player that you ever played? Like, have you? Ooh. Did you ever play against like someone that went to like an SEC school or
2: okay, any powerhouses um, like that? So perfect that you bring this up. Their center fielder that pops was talking about his name's Marcus. Um, forgot his last name, but he actually ended up getting drafted to the A's or whatever. But a uh, funny story with this guy um he pitched what like two, i want to say two or three innings for them that game and uh i had one ab against him and he by far probably threw the fastest i had seen all year and i was terrified like seeing this dude warm up in center field um and, and just launching it from the warning track to home plate i was like please don't put this guy on the mound but, but my my one AB, um, and I'm going to exaggerate this, of course, but I remember he threw me a two-seam fastball <laughs> that came at my kneecaps and curved at the last second. I swear, it picked up my pants, the like the fabric of my pants, <laughs> and pulled them to the side. It was so fast. <laughs> you're like, like, I blinked what and it was gone. The, yeah. You're like, hey, there's levels to yeah, this thing, man. <laughs> yeah, no. No, I'm, oh my gosh, I was so thankful. If he hit me in my kneecap, I was done for the year for sure. But uh, oh, i very fortunate to walk against that guy.
1: Dude, that is funny cuz I think every athlete, it doesn't matter where you played, has a there's a levels to this thing, man. Story. Mm-hmm. And and Mitch is going to know this story. So, I am one grade younger than Mitch, and my sophomore year we were playing Ray Peck in football. And Ray Peck, oh. Ray Peck <laughs> Ray Peck happened to have a guy by the name of Chase Kaufman who was not only a stud at MU but he went on and played for probably three or four teams in the NFL. Just a oh freak, gosh. right? And, and I thought I was a pretty decent football player. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm pretty decent. Not, not the biggest or strongest or fastest guy, but I'm, I'm pretty good. And my coach to, tells me, he's like, hey, when they go from the slot, you're playing free safety. You have to come down and guard this guy. Like you're going to have to go man on man with no help. So, unfortunately, big freaking Buick Chase Kaufman's in the slot, and here I am looking at him like, oh, my hell. I got to go man this guy up in the slot. We're only 11 yards from the touchdown. He (laughs) runs a fade from the slot position. And when I tell you I jumped with all I had, I mean, I jumped with all I had, and he – I could only get up to that man's chest.
2: (laughs) Oh, no.
1: And he mossed me and scored. <laughs> I come to the sideline and my coach has his hands up and he's like, what are you doing? I looked at him like, what do you think I'm doing? That <laughs> freaking six foot six chasing off. And you think I'm going to do anything to that dude? That dude could have rested his oh, tank on gosh. the top of my forehead. <laughs> I'm being truthful, man. And those, those stories are funny because I talk to a lot of guys that go pretty far <laughs> oh my, and they oh tell a story gosh. like that. And then you find out who they're talking about and you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Like I, I knew a guy that oh. played Bryce Harper in high school. No way. He said he came up to bat with a wooden bat. And in put high it, school? And put it like 425 yards. Or, or 425 feet he said when they hit it he was running around the base and they were slapping him giving him high five oh <laughs> he was like good oh hit right good hit Bryce. could you imagine seeing that in high school This the shortstop being like good hit dude you hit nukes
2: right? oh my goodness i uh i remember i had one instance i mean i didn't hit it 425 feet but i had uh I hit home run against Lawson in a tournament. I'm pretty sure we were already winning like 15-0, and I remember passing the shortstop. He was like, "Really, man?" He was like, "Why you gotta do that to us, man?" Yeah. <laughs> I was "I was like, I was just like, my bad, I guess." But
1: bro, before yeah, but, but before we we let you go, I, I got a funny story about Zane. So oh, Zane, no. how how old are you right now?
2: 22.
1: Okay, so I'm 13 years older than you. So. When I was a senior playing football, you would have been five, six. And I'll never forget one time. You always came to the Friday night games, which was cool. And one time I was walking down the tunnel and I remember you and cousin Michael
2: were sitting
1: out there and I come walking by my helmets off and you asked me, you said, Hey, when do you guys play the chiefs? (laughs) <laughs> oh my God. and i'm like uh never <laughs> you're you're watching a high school game and we would get ransacked
2: <laughs> i mean how can you blame me at that age you see oh, those football yeah. players and you're like you wow this is the big leagues right here <laughs> oh you do
1: i remember an excelsior and mitch knows this very strong football tradition Growing up, when I was five, six, seven years old,
0: Dude, football team cool.
1: was awesome. We had a five-year run in the '90s in Excelsior when it was just awesome. And I thought they were professionals too. I mean, the way yeah. they would, the way they walk out the same. locker room, how big they looked to me, mm-hmm. and how good they were, I thought, you know, man, I thought Tucker Woolsey was the same level as Marcus Allen. It's like that's just what they look. Oh like. yeah to me
0: uh, and then uh the quarterback was Sullivan thought that dude was absolute stud yeah just the whole the whole squad was was stupid stupidly good stupid yeah. um I, I'll tell you what the uh the one story that comes to mind and I can't remember if you were there because I think this was my sophomore year I think Christopher you may have been there it was football we were playing uh Grandview and Grandview at the time, their quarterback was Josh Freeman, who was drafted in the first round of the NFL. But they also had a a DB that was committed to the University of of Miami.
1: Oh, no, this was your junior year. This was my My junior. Okay, so my junior.
0: Yeah, they had a a cat committed to the University of Miami. This dude just looked like, you know how there are some players you look at and you could just tell – that 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 is a dude right there. This dude had a visor, he had his dreads, he had his gloves on, he had his forearm shivers on, and he put and he was playing corner, and our quarterback tried to throw an out route to our sideline to our receiver. Bro, this is one of the nastiest things I've seen at that level. Bro,
1: I think it was to me.
0: Was it to you? No way. Because
1: we were in quads. And oh, as, that's right. And it as was a actually, sophomore, I was, in, I was the slot route and ran an out route. And the way that boy moved his hips, I think he got plenty of people pregnant that night.
0: <laughs> so, so, so we try to throw the out to Christopher. And this dude jumps the route. When he goes to catch the ball, he catches it. And he catches it. And then he looks back at Christopher in the sideline, like, what in the hell were y'all thinking? And then he just he, – he, he, he takes it back. He takes it back to the house for the TV. Yeah, because
1: I think Jared was supposed to – Jared on the outside ran like a fade. And the, yep. whole, the whole purpose was the corner was supposed to go. And then didn't. I didn't. No. And I ran a six-yard <laughs> out. And right when I turned my head and he threw it, the way he bounced back and, and stemmed it and hit off that T-step, boom caught it he looked back at us like bro again if he could set it it would have been there's levels to this thing man <laughs> <laughs> oh man and i wasn't on that level brother
0: <laughs> oh man That's well, hilarious this has been an absolute blast zane we can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast we truly do appreciate it thank you guys um, so much for having me absolutely so guys remember we cannot forget our shout outs so Christopher who would you like to shout out this week and Zane be thinking of something or someone because I'll come to you next
1: I would like to shout out my son who just turned 10 years old yesterday wow He's a, All big, right. he's a decade old. And I'll get in trouble if I don't also say my daughter because her birthday is tomorrow and she'll be turning eight years old. So they're two years, two days apart.
0: Aw, oh, nice. Oh, Marcus and, and then oh, Charlie. Charlie. Okay. Marcus and Charlie. Marcus and Charlie. Give them the love and the shout out. All right, Zaina, did you have anyone, anything um. you want to shout out?
2: I'm a shout out. Just talked to him today for the first time in a long time. Chris Adair um, tried to put him on the podcast today. So if he if he ends up listening to this man, happy to see you again. We love you, and uh, hopefully your beard begins gets gets, good as mine someday. Man, good luck with that
0: one. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to shout out the only person in this world that i love more than zane that would be my wife lori she is a jack of all trades she is my better half and she is what makes me as as great as i can be so lori i love you thank you for everything you do and uh, you are my rock for sure And just so So. you guys
1: know, every time Mitch shouts out Lori, he got in trouble the day before. (laughs) (laughs) Just just so y'all know that.
0: (laughs) That is not what happened, but I appreciate it, my brother. All right, Zane again, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, guys. Christopher, it's always fun, my friend. I enjoy this every week with you, my brother. And guys, please, please, please remember, be kind. Because everyone you meet is fighting a battle that you have absolutely no idea about. Until next time. Peace. Peace.